everyone. Welcome to the Stafford Boxing Report. I'm Sheila. I'm Stafford. No. Baby, you... Come on now. Oh, my bad. Yeah. See, I was about to get blamed for something. Anyway, we have a special, special, special guest, Graham Boyce, who is the founder of Talk and Fight, and he does so many other things as well. So everybody, welcome Graham Boyce. Hey, hey Graham. Guys. Thank, thanks very much for inviting me to your show. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, we appreciate you. And what I would like to say is thank you. Thank you for giving us this opportunity on Talk and Fight and being able to have a platform. And my first question that I'm going to ask you is, what made you reach out to me to give us this opportunity? Yeah, I want to know. Hmm. Uh, two words come to mind. One, change. Two, impact. Uh, when I saw uh, Sheila's backstory on LinkedIn and how she wanted to make a change and an impact in her community, I thought, you know, we should be doing that around the world, not just in Atlanta. And I said, I'm, I'm going to reach out to this young lady and find out if she'll come on and help support us, support communities around the world in a very similar manner. Because we want people like you having shows like this from Africa, from Australia, from Asia, all around the world, uh, telling their story as how they can impact and change their communities through boxing. Boxing is very important. A lot of people misunderstand boxing and the importance of boxing, you know, because it, it shows strength and stamina, resilience, uh, the perseverance, the, the dedication, all these virtues that somehow get misplaced or misused, uh, you know, yes, we get educated. We get taught to go work in the factory at the end of the day, but no, boxing allows the individual to show who he or she is. And, and that's why I said, so I'm reading Sheila's little bio there and I'm going, wow, I got to get a hold of this young lady and I got to find out if she'll come on board and do a show for us. It took a while to convince her, <laughs> but I'm glad, she, I'm glad, she, I'm glad I was successful because you guys have been doing a great job and I really appreciate it. You guys have been doing fantastic. Thank you. So honored you. and so humbled with those words that you just said. And we just want to keep on doing what it is we're doing. And we want to continue on doing better and being better, even within our personal lives and doing the Stafford Boxing Report. So I would like to thank you once again for definitely giving us this opportunity and to also put in there that everyone who has a social media platform, please be careful of what you put out there. Even if it's just a short clip, a video, a reel, just be careful. So Graham, you do a lot. Baby, let me let me let me let me say something, Graham. Okay. <laughs> Graham, as Sheila 
number one fan, supporter, I want to say thank you from a man to another man for giving my wife an opportunity to execute her passion on your platform. You don't understand how this has definitely changed Sheila's perception about life. Uh, it has definitely improved our marriage because it gave us a platform and an opportunity to work together. So often you have a marriage couple and each of them have different careers, but not often are there a couple where they can work together and have the same passion for something that they truly believe in. As you stated earlier, Sheila and I have a passion to give back to the community. It was just through this avenue, boxing is an avenue that we're going to use to impact the community, particularly our at-risk youth. We would like to be looked upon as a role model. That comes with a lot of responsibility. And at the same time, we understand how important it is for you to present a product on Talking Fight that it will interest the viewers and as well as support your brand. And we are extremely um, grateful, honored, and privileged that you not knowing anything about Sheila or myself, and you are in Canada, we are in the United States, and how we have come together from across the border for one purpose, one cause, which is through the sport of boxing, but at the same time give a different image, a different perspective about boxing and how not only can it be used to provide an income for an individual family, but create jobs, um, demonstrate discipline, structure, focus, determination. These are very critical tools that are necessary for a young adolescent to have in their toolbox to be successful. And I cannot forget to, to, uh, to express the importance of financial literacy because every fighter wants to become a prize fighter to win financial income from winning their fights. Every promoter, the, the boxing industry is about financial income, right? So financial literacy is very important because oftentimes we see fighters who early in their career were very successful and were able to obtain a substantial amount of income. But after boxing, because they didn't have the financial literacy tools, they kind of squandered their finances away. So we want to impact the community at particular the early stage of the adolescent growth with financial literacy. And once again, I just want to say thank you so much because not often do people uh, offer or extend opportunities for indiv individuals who does not have that type of background that one will require to have an opportunity. And one of the things that you need to keep in mind in, throughout all this is the inspiration that you're providing for other individuals to do the exact same thing. I mean, if you can do it, anyone can do it. And 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 so let, let's revert back to uh, the question that Sheila had and uh, talk talk some more. Let let her let her fly, Sheila. What what do you got? So Graham, you do so much consulting ventures, business plan writing, but I really want to start from the beginning because it was a very humbling beginning where at how you started. Did, did you have anything to do with newspapers? There's a long story behind, a long unwinding road, quite frankly, behind me and in front of me. But uh, realistically, it's all about people. 
and uh, and that's why I do what I do. I believe in people. I believe in. You know, I have a pretty good intuition about people, and I really believe in people, in the goodness of people, in in the straightforwardness of people, the integrity of people. So when I first started, yeah, um, I got back from Bermuda. I was managing hotels in Bermuda uh, back in the uh, 80s. And I came back and luck and circumstance would have it, ended me up uh, re-meeting a couple of people who I'd known when I was a teenager. And they ran a magazine and they invited me to join that magazine and become a writer. I became the national news editor of that magazine for four years throughout the 80s. And I interviewed a lot of really famous people and I begun to understand quite frankly that no matter how famous or how rich or wealthy you are, at the end of the day, you're still a human being. And that's one of the big takeaways I took uh, in the 80s from those people was the very essence of humanity. At the end of the day, no matter how rich you are, you have something to give, you have something to sell, if you will. Um, and so here I was in the 80s, a young man, just learning to get by, quite frankly, because I also had a another job as a bartender you know at the end of the day i wasn't just you know making shit tons of money making everyone happy no i had a very rough and tough existence as as a national news editor at a, at a, a recognized magazine and i had to interview a lot of people uh, everyone in the entertainment industry from producers and managers uh, record store owners and chain franchisees owners uh, radio station operators as well as all these rich and famous people. And and the, so the point is, is I, my takeaway from that was, hey, maybe I can give a voice to those young people, those young musicians who needed a voice, who needed someone to support them. And that, that took me to launch my own label back in 1989, which I ran for 10 years till 1999. And quite frankly, it was very successful. We had distribution in 23 different countries, but what I was doing was, in essence, giving young people a voice, giving those people who didn't know they had a voice, a voice. And if you if you if you flip now uh, past all those years onto what I'm doing now, I'm doing the exact same thing. I'm running yet again uh, an entertainment empire, which is growing day by day by offering people the opportunity to have a voice. So. Um, whether it's you, Sheila, whether it's Natalie, at the end of the day, all these great people that I've said, do you need a voice? Do you need to speak to people? Well, this this whole internet thing is very easy to operate, very easy to use if you know how to use it, use it correctly. So if you, if, if you flash forward from what I was doing in a traditional media sense back in the 80s, which is what, 40 odd years ago, but, but back then I'm doing the exact same thing now. I'm, I'm giving people a voice. I'm letting people communicate their messages that need to be heard to a very wide audience all around the world. And I'm really appreciative, quite frankly, uh, of all the people who've supported this endeavor. When we launched Talking, and I say we, I didn't do this solely on my own. There's no, there's no soul thing here. It's, it's a very, uh, integrated effort where there's a lot of people involved in this operation and a lot of people are involved to make sure that your voices are heard uh, around the world so we reach 
as you probably know, and I'll just remind the audience of this, we reach people in the boxing communities across Africa, whether it be North Africa, East Africa, South Africa, West Africa. We, we, we reach a lot of people in uh, Australia and New Zealand. We reach a lot of people in Europe, obviously, and of course, the Americas as well. So I'm just saying, simply, uh, what I'm doing is more or less a reality based on what my team is offering me. And that support is what I really need. And you guys are giving it to me. You're giving me that support that I need uh, out of Atlanta. Uh, I mean, who knew that there would be two people in Atlanta who thought boxing would be their savior, you know, for the community. Man. And that's that's what I appreciate. That's why hey, I like We global. We global. Teamwork teamwork makes the dream work. Yep. Teamwork <laughs> makes the dream work. You guys are great. I, lo I love your sayings. That you come every week when you come up with these sayings. I'll, I'll maybe practice them. Maybe write them down beforehand. But, uh, <laughs> but these things that you come up with, like when, no matter who you're talking to, I, I love uh, you know what you guys are saying, what you guys are communicating, uh, right around the world. It's fantastic stuff. It really is, and it's resonating. It's shown by the numbers. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and brag about how great you guys are doing. But I am going to brag about it because you guys are doing great. Thank uh, you. Thank you guys. You. Numbers are going through the roof. Uh, you know, we 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 have a platform that streams on. Uh, my tech guys would know this better than me, but roughly speaking, 17 different platforms, right around the world, and uh, you know, we're not TikTokers, we're not YouTubers. We're very serious people who have a very serious message, and that message is getting across because of people like you. No. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Very you. humble. So we want to talk more about talk and fight with what you have going on, like any, you know, relationships that you're building and everything that talk and fight wants to do since you're we're talking about always helping. So let's get into that. Yeah, we, we wanted you, Graham, to talk about the different facets of the conglomerate business that you have. Like when I was speaking with Eric, he was talking about how we want to use Talk and Fight as a platform for amateurs to learn how to speak before the camera, before they go professional. Also uh, use the technology to uh, to size up the, the fight of weight, etc. You know more about your product, but we want you to explain to the audience about the, 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 the big platform that you have. It's just not about Talk and Fight. It's about other components that you have with Talk and Fight. Without a doubt. So basically, in a nutshell, uh, when we launched Talk and Fight, it was more or less a hobby. It was something we were doing for fun. Uh, we would broadcast one show every Friday night called the Friday Night Panel. And uh, me and, and a few friends were just simply online because of COVID uh, through Zoom uh, talk about boxing. And... Out of that, though, came a number of discoveries. Based on the responses we were getting from our audience, we discovered that boxing was a pyramid-based structure where you had an awful lot of people on the bottom making no money and a very few people on top making a lot of money. So we said, can we change that? Is there a way we can change that? Can we flatten out or democratize this industry somehow? You know, make it more... Uh, fun and stable, economically speaking, for the people who are involved in the sport, you know. So, so 
no matter where you're from in the world, could we make this more equitable for you? And uh, the tech team came back and said, yeah, absolutely, we can do that. We can do that by uh, doing what nobody else is doing in boxing, and that is begin to use data and analysis uh, to begin to understand movement and capability. So quite frankly, we have now developed uh, a hardware and software integrated solution that we're about to unleash on the boxing world, quite frankly, where it'll be established in gyms where you can begin to take a look at how boxers move, young boxers that is, uh, and I guess old boxers, but I mean, at the end of the day, how they can move, how quickly they move, how fast their punches are hit, what speed they're hitting at, uh, the power of those punches, that type of thing. That, that nowadays can all be measured and is not being measured. And so we said, hey, can we, can we do that? And so, as I said, the tech team came back and said, yeah, we can do that. We just need to buy these cameras from France, uh, integrate them with some software that we're developing, which we did. And now we can begin to distribute these uh, platforms across gyms around the world. And what that will do at the end of, say, one year, let's say one year goes by, anyone who considers themselves an agent, the same way uh, football players, basketball players, hockey players, whatever, they'll have agents, okay? In the very same way that agents can begin to use data and analysis to prove that they have the best of the best in their stable, they'll be able to use that now in unboxing because it's not being done right now in boxing. Wow. Right? So is it fair to say that you're a pioneer? We, we are absolutely pioneering uh, the integration of technology into the sport of boxing because right now, right now, if I'm Bob Arum or Don King or Eddie Hearn, whoever, if I'm whoever those guys are, I'm sitting there relying on someone's opinion. I think this guy's a great boxer. And why do I think that? Because he's got a 19-0 record. And why has he got a 19-0 record? Because he's been fighting tomato cans. Okay? Bottom line. Okay? This technology that we're about to introduce will absolutely revolutionize the boxing industry because they'll be able to prove how good these guys are. And I'm talking young guys, not, not the old established guys and gals, uh, but young people coming up through sports. So this is more or less a long-term vision here where we can, we can absolutely revolutionize the industry by introducing this technology. And to answer your other question with respect to one of the other things we found when we started interviewing boxers, whether they be uh, retired boxers or still active boxers, young boxers, amateur boxers, one of the things we recognized is they, they were a little bit shy in front of the camera. So we said, is there any way we can help these guys out? And I know an awful lot of people who are involved in the entertainment industry who don't have a job anymore because the entertainment industry itself has changed. And I said, you know, I can bring a lot of those friends to the table here and they can educate these young people as to how to speak in front of a camera, how to answer questions, how to redirect focus of a line of questioning. So for example, if you're asking me the wrong type of questions, I might say to you, hey, that's a great question, Sheila. But you know what I'd like to talk about? I'd like to talk about and and go from there. And so we've launched an academy. So when we actually get this whole thing under, underway, we've got a, a multi-pronged approach in, in terms of uh, 
not just the talk and fight aspect, which is merely a media channel, which enables what we're hoping to be a huge family of people from around the world who have a love of boxing and understand the impact and importance of boxing in their communities, enable them uh, to integrate technology on a localized level so that those young boxers become, they get recognized. Because there's an awful, I'll give you an example. There's an awful lot of boxers in Africa who are just as good as American or European or Mexican boxers, but never, ever, ever get recognized. Why? Money. Bottom line, money. Okay? So how can we level that playing field? Introduce a bit of technology. And a super great example would be, you guys might be familiar with this, but I'm when I was in Ghana, for example, a few years ago, one of the things that I recognized that everybody had a cell phone. I said, how the heck? Does everyone in Ghana have a cell phone? It's because they never had a cableized system like we have in North America. They never. So when 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 cell phones got introduced, everyone bought one. The point of the matter is, is they're they're not reluctant at all to use new technology. They've just not been introduced to it. No one's brought it to them. No one said, hey, this is available to you. So now those fighters in, like I said before, North Africa, East Africa, South Africa, West Africa, now they can become recognized for how truly powerful they are based on the technology we're about to deliver to them, right? And so the fourth thing that we did, having said all that, the media channel, the technology that we're about to introduce through Sportbox, okay? Uh, the, the academy where we can educate these people as to how to speak and speak properly and speak well, which I'm not saying they can't, but I'm just sim simply saying directing focus. Here's the fourth thing that we said is, you know what we should do? You know what I found? I think, I think boxers need money more than need belts. Okay. What are belts at the end of the day? What are belts at the end of the day? Okay. Something that some guys invented. Okay. WBC, WBA, WBO, IBF, whatever. What's a belt? Bottom line. Belt, something you try to achieve is great if you do achieve it but it's like karate at the end of the day i became a black belt why because that's what i was told was the best but at the end of the day what we're looking to do is put some money into these people's bread some fettuccine some chips some guap there you go so we said why don't we create an elite boxing championship okay so we we approached tim witherspoon our good friend two-time heavyweight champ and we said hey tim would you host an event? Why would you hold just one event? Why do we hold 10? Why do we hold 20? There are many, many casinos and many, many resorts around the world who are looking. They have big festival halls who are looking for events. Why? In a post-COVID world, they need people to come to their venues. And what better venue uh, to have than a casino and or a festival hall whether it be Dominican Republic, whether it be Puerto Rico, whether it be, it doesn't matter where it is to me, it doesn't matter at all. We can, we can host it. We can showcase these boxers. We can have fights. We can, we can make our money. I'll be blunt, can make our money through pay-per-view sales. They on a localized level can make their money uh, selling tickets and selling, you know, food and drink to the people who come to these events. Everybody wins, win-win. That's what I'm saying. There you go. Graham, no plug, ain't he? So, yeah, hey, yeah. Boy, hey, look, Graham, we glad we plugged into you, my boy. We're going to get that bag. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Hey, you know what, Graham? You're right, though. It's a lot of talent in Africa, man, because we be getting a lot of e uh, emails, messages, 
through Instagram. These fighters really want us to promote them to uh, become their managers, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, now having a better understanding of all the resources and the platform that you are providing, you know, it got my, you know, got my, got my head spinning like, okay, we can connect this, this, this. But you're absolutely right. There's a lot of talent in Africa. They just need an opportunity to be showcased. Absolutely. We agree. We agree. As a matter of fact, one of our first uh, show hosts uh, was, uh, was uh, he was born in Nigeria, but he became uh, Canadian. His name was Bola Ray. Fantastic guy. Heavyweight champ of Canada. Fantastic fella. And he hosted about, mm, I'd say about 90 different shows. Every week he'd have a show, you know, and uh, and he, he was absolutely fantastic. His his specialty was the heavyweight division. He could speak for hours on end about the heavyweights, but he didn't stop there. He went on to describe, uh, you know, uh, every single different division, every single great fighter and all the different things that that great fighter brought to the sport and why that person should be recognized for the value that he brings to the sport. So all I'm saying is this is a lot of talent in Africa that's being ignored right now by the boxing community. And I'm not saying I'm going to exploit it. I'd like to, uh, but, uh, but we're looking for partners and we have partners in Africa right now. Like I said, I've spent some time in West Africa. I know some people down there. I have a lot of friends in the Middle East. I have a lot of friends in East Africa. And we have uh, David Rajuli, who does a great show called Ringside Talk. And he uh, he constantly promotes South African fighters, past and present, and, and does a great job doing it. And quite frankly, I did not know there were so many great boxers that came out of South Africa. To be blunt, I didn't know. And, uh, and it's great that we have hosts like him who bring those kinds of personalities to the table. So the guys like you and me know, wow, there's not only a boxing scene in South Africa, but it's actually powerful. And these guys really know their stuff and they enjoy it. And, 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 and this, this was news to me. And I was going, wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. So anyway, looking yeah, forward. And one more thing I wanted to say, uh, the people in Africa definitely support the sport of boxing like it's a, a huge crowd just like in America well in certain parts of the world how people are into soccer people in Africa are into boxing I mean they are very passionate about boxing and they come out in huge crowds to support those type of events so I totally concur with you though Graham yeah when we when we saw some initial video I think it came out of uh, Kenya and uh, the, this young, young chap uh, sent us uh, some video footage of his training. And they were basically training within a concrete bunker, for lack of better description. And we were going, wow. But that's, it just kind of brought me back to the Rocky movie. Like at the end of the day, like there, you, you may have the harshest of conditions, but if you're determined and you've got that perseverance, that dedication, you can actually make it. And, and these guys were making it. And these guys are powerful, but they're just unrecognized. And so, yeah, Pro Bellum's doing a great job. Wasserman's doing a great job. There are great organizations out there doing a great job across North America, across Europe, across Mexico. But there are certain parts of the world that are being ignored. And I'm not saying Africa's being ignored because there are a lot of great fighters coming out of Africa. But my point is, is we, Talk and Fight, look forward to getting down to Africa and showcasing some of these great fighters 
and 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 quite frankly live streaming a lot of these great fights because they're completely unrecognized right now yeah so babe look yeah. you know what we need to start you know tapping into uh those guys from africa and having them on the show getting some exposure yeah, yeah, especially the one that, yeah, that's yeah. been sharing our story. Mm -hmm. I, I, I agree yeah. with you on that. Mm -hmm. So, Graham, how's boxing in Canada, like in Philadelphia before the COVID, and I think it's starting to get back to it now. You know, Philadelphia, I would say, would be the mecca of boxing. There was always a sparring session going on every week or, or, or every day. So, so how is Canada in boxing? We have a very complicated history with respect to boxing. Uh, Canada has numerous provinces and numerous great boxers that come from those provinces. But we had an idiot by the name of Ken Hayashi, who was the commissioner of sports here in the province of Ontario, who would not allow boxing on a professional level to take place. So basically, in a nutshell, uh, for over a 10-year period, uh, boxing was quashed here in Ontario, which is the biggest province uh, in America. You have states. Here we have provinces. But uh, it was quashed, and, uh, and, the, and, the, and the people here didn't have a chance to fight. And it was really unfortunate. I mean, the, the, the interest is there. You know, there was the opportunity to, to mix and match. Uh, very, 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 very recently, uh, uh, our team went down to a, a place called Rebel Nightclub, uh, which was sold out and a great show was put on. And uh, so the in my point is, is the interest is there here in Ontario. Across the country, it's certainly there. Um, but what's and, and quite frankly, the organizational structures there. So uh, Boxing Canada, Boxing Ontario, uh, the various administrative bodies are there to, to put boxing back on the map if you will here in canada uh as you know lennox lewis a, a great uh you know i don't know if you know lennox lewis's story or not but you know he, he was born in britain for sure uh but uh, sadly his father decided to leave the family and his mother decided to relocate to canada so when when she decided to relocate to canada uh lennox being a young man uh, decided to go to the boxing gym and, and got trained by some obviously great trainers and uh, went on to win a gold medal for Canada at the Olympics. And uh, from then, uh, you know, obviously his, his career somewhat blossomed. <laughs> He's a great, probably the best uh, heavyweight uh, fighters. But the point of the matter is, is he's an, a great illustrious example of, of what we can achieve uh, as being a small country and there are many small countries around the world with great boxers and that's where we kind of step in so we're kind of like if you will right now the switzerland of boxing uh you know we're not the powerhouse i mean if you take a look at england they they put ninety thousand people into a stadium to see tyson fury uh fight uh they have a great boxing legacy without a doubt United States has a great boxing legacy, not not just Philadelphia, but I'm I'm reporting uh, Monday to Friday every single day on the great boxing scenes. I mean, it used to be Las Vegas, but nowadays you've got you've got Boston with some great communities in Boston supporting bo boxing. You got Philadelphia, you got Brooklyn, the Barclays Center hosting some great events, right? 
not to mention LA and, and the events that take place in California. So right across America, and not to mention, oh, by the way, not to mention uh, Florida, which held, uh, Tampa held the Creator Clash uh, event. Now, a lot, of, a lot of us are sitting there going, oh man, you know, should these YouTubers really be considered boxers? But at the end of the day, these YouTubers who make more than you and me, well, okay, they make more than me, uh, but I'm just simply saying, at the end of the day, these YouTubers hired the best trainers, the best coaches, and they got into the ring and they fought each other and they gave each other hell. And it's really good to see these young people who really hadn't boxed before. They got trained though. I'm not saying they're professional, but they donated all the money from their, from their uh, event called Creator Clash, it was held down in Tampa. They donated all that money that they made to like the Heart and Stroke Foundations of America and all, all they gave it all away. They, they weren't in it for the money. They did it because they were serious about it and it was fun and they wanted to see who was the best of the best among their group of, you know, creators. And they were YouTubers for, you know, what you and I would call YouTubers, but they did a great, great show. Uh, it garnered a lot of attention and it's, you know, I don't have a lot. I did not have a lot of really nice, good things to say about YouTube in the be beginning when Jake Paul and his kind of family came along. But at the end of the day, he's brought a whole new generation to the sport of boxing. And uh, boxing, as you guys are proving, can be incredibly beneficial to young people. Uh, it gives them direction, gives them support, gives them a focus. I mean, you guys could describe better how it impacts the community than I because I'm coming at it from a business perspective. But realistically, you know, what, what, we, what we saw happen down in Tampa this past year and what we've seen happening among the women's boxing uh, group, holy cow, I'm, I'm blown away uh, by the increase in, shall we say, not just prosperity of the young women who are boxing, but how the industry is now supporting them and saying, wow, these guys, can, as in gals, can actually fight. These guys can actually fight. And yes, they can actually fight. When Ebony Bridges went into the ring last year, right? And she 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 survived, I, I think it was a 12-round fight. I can't remember, maybe eight rounds. But she survived. And she came out of there with like her, her eye absolutely closed. She was she was punched blind. Uh, but she was in it to the bitter end. I mean, it was a bloody, bloody fight. And that put a lot of credibility behind women's boxing, quite frankly. And ever since then, I've seen, I mean, Sheila's doing it. Natalie's doing it. We're watching increasing numbers based on women who, who at one point were entering uh, boxing gyms merely for the fitness level. Okay. Then they got, have I lost them? Oh, there they are. They're the back. So, so women would enter at one point for the fitness level, and 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 now I'm seeing them enter the ring. Why? They want to know what it's like to, to fight, and boy, can they fight! So, so given the fact you've got YouTubers on one hand, women on the other hand, you have these two demographics meeting in the middle. Boxing is in for one heck of a resurgence, and we're going to be at the forefront of that resurgence. Absolutely, we. We, we, absolutely. I can't do it alone. I can't do it alone. No, nah. can't do it. Teamwork make a dream work. Now remember that. 
Teamwork make a dream work. But you know what, Graham? I wanted you to kind of expand on how you believe or perhaps I may say um, your opinion about boxing gyms being important to the community. Great question. Well, I've always been a huge supporter of a facility that attracts young people to give them the ability to express themselves, uh, to begin to talk, socialize among themselves, to talk with like-minded people, to receive instruction from their superiors is kind of a, you know, but you, 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 you need the masters to teach the Padawans, quite frankly. And, and that's what boxing gyms do. Uh, there was a great show, I think it's called Baltimore, uh, a TV show that came out. And one, one of the main attractions of that particular show was the young fellow who came out of prison and started up his own boxing gym. And all the young people who, you know, let's, let's, let's call them downtrodden, you know, they went to that boxing gym because they felt welcome there. They felt part of the family. And I think that's what boxing gyms around the world offer is that support that's necessary that maybe they don't get at home. And so I'm a big supporter of those kinds of facilities, uh, whether they're whether they're teaching karate, whether they're teaching boxing. Uh, I don't care if it's a library club. At the end of the day, if you're supporting the young people and what young people need, I support it. That's good. That's good. Because oftentimes people look at the sport of boxing as it being, yes, it is a, a combat sport, but they think it's negative. But it's so much other things that comes into boxing than just getting in the ring trying to, you know, beat somebody up. It's, it's, it's really not like that. If you really understand and study the sport of boxing, it's about skills. It's about finessing. It's an art. It's a science. And it's a lot of preparation that goes into this. But it's also a lot of life skills that you can get from becoming and participating in the sport of boxing. And so that's what we want to demonstrate and emphasize with the Stafford Boxing Club. And so hopefully we will have the community support that, you know, hey, man, we're not producing something that's going to cause a uh, division in, in the community. We want to do something to provide an addition to the community, particularly in the urban community. We need outlets like that. You know what I mean? Like so many kids are involved in so many things at an early age. Yes, people say, well, man, back in the day, man, I, I ain't do stuff like that. But one thing about life, time, you know, things would change in life. They're just, they're just reality. But at the same time, it's very important for us to have outlets in our communities. And we just believe the Stafford Boxing Club is something special because oftentimes, in no disrespect, you have guys who are former boxers end up, you know, opening up a gym. But you have a husband and wife, both, you know, have a passion, both are students of life. And I think it's important for the community and our youth to see uh, a real marriage, a healthy, a, a healthy strong uh Black marriage, you know, succeed in doing business together. Like I enjoy working with my wife. I really do. I mean, I never, I never saw this coming in our marriage. Like this year, we'll be married for 14 years. You know, and we got married within three weeks of meeting each other. You know what I mean? And so, like, just to evolve to this point, like we never thought that we would be on a podcast. And I'm just a blessed man because just look how beautiful this woman is. You get what I'm saying? Like she's the, <laughs> you know what I mean? She's the marrow of my <laughs> backbone. You know what I mean? So I'm just very grateful 
for her for her support. She's beautiful. She's educated. She's a strong spiritual woman. And the community needs to see that. You know, they need to see like two operating as one, not one doing this and one doing that. And so that's what our youth is missing. And that's what we plan to do as a vehicle using the Stafford Boxing Club. We got that one right this time. Brian. We got that one right. Yeah, it is. So yeah, so so in a nutshell, um, th that's exactly what we're trying to achieve. We're trying to achieve a family on a global level. You know, people of like-minded spirit who can connect with each other, understand each other, and talk to each other. Because we've talked to many, 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 many boxers. Okay, and the one thing they have in common is no matter who they're fighting, they have an appreciation for that person. They have a respect for that person. They may, in fact, beat the heck out of each other. But at the end of that fight, they like each other. They respect each other. So, And that's something that's missing uh, on the streets, if you will. Um, you know, you know, Respect. You're right. right. You're right. Hey, then, hey um, Graham. I that's want... why a lot of people get killed. Yeah, because, because they don't respect. Because they don't respect, respect. And then they're always talking about, you're disrespecting yeah. me. And then it just goes yeah, on yeah. a whole other level. Right. So. Yeah. Hey, Graham, I wanted you to, um, have you ever heard, well, since you're from Canada, you probably know about George Tuvalo? Yes, of course. I met him once. Okay. Yeah, he was, I mean, he had an opportunity to fight Muhammad Ali, uh, Frazier, and George Foreman, and he never got knocked down by none of them guys, so he was right. a tough one. Let, let me tell you this. When I, went, when I met George, I was 17 or 18 years old as a waiter. And, uh, and I got to say, like, at the end of the day, the, the maitre d', he asked me, he goes, hey, do you want to get his autograph? And I, I said, who is he? <laughs> he was so nice. He was so appreciative. He was so normal. I didn't even know that that was George Shavalo. Like, I didn't know. He was that normal. Like, he was that humble. He was that nice. And, uh, and that's, that's one of the takeaways I take from my teenage years when I met someone that famous who is that cool quite frankly and uh you know so so ever since then uh when i when i talk to these boxers you realize they are they have families they have needs they're normal just like you and me and uh yeah they'll get into the ring why because they're fierce warriors they're, they're not athletes per se i like what mike tyson says about it you know he's not he's not an athlete he's a fierce warrior and uh there's a lot to be said about that kind of intuition, like that kind of grounding and in, in knowledge. You know what I mean? We got some construction happening in the background. I don't know if you can hear that or not. So I kind of have to wrap this up soon. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. You know who I like though? I, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Jun Lung Zan or Zane, am I saying it right? I don't know. I don't know who you're talking about there. You got me on that one. The, the, he was he's an he's an um, Asian guy, but he I think he lives in Ontario, Ontario, no, Toronto or something like that. He started boxing at the age of 31, and I think he just had a fight May oh, yeah, 14, yeah, 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 yeah. and he caught my attention because he started kind of late in his years, and I think he had a um, 
his boxing match when he was 40. And I think he had, what, 19 fights, 18 KOs? No, I, I, or something I, like that. You know you who meant, I'm talking yeah, about? No, I yeah, I think he yeah, he stays up there because he couldn't go back to his homeland because uh, of the pandemic. So he ended up staying there. So what we're going to have to do is you're going to have to send me his name and I'm going to have to reach out to him and, and then get him on the show. Yeah. So. Hey, Graham, I wanted to ask you now. You've been around the sport of boxing for a long time. And yeah. we asked uh, Rick Glazer this question. What is yep. the difference that you see from the fighters in the past to the fighters today? What's the distinction in terms of the, the similarities and the differences? Uh, money. So back back in the old days, when, when I used to follow uh, Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier, uh, Holmes, those kinds of guys, George Chavala, those kinds of guys, uh, when I was a kid, uh, you know, they, they were they were making nothing at the end of the day. The managers, the promoters, the broadcasters, they were making tons and tons of money. The fighters were making nothing. Okay. At the end of the day, flash forward 40 odd years or so, here I am. I have the ability to change all that. And, you know, yes, YouTubers come into this as I create, you know, creator clash, as I said before, made those YouTubers, could have made those YouTubers a lot of money, but they gave all that money away. So what's the big difference right now? Money. So you got you got Tyson Fury saying, you know, I want I want five hundred million dollars to fight Andy Joshua. Like that's a that's a ton of money. Okay, that could be going to a lot of really decent people. I'm not saying Tyson Fury's a bad guy. I'm just saying that that's a lot of money to be paying one guy if he wins that fight. What I would like to do is see uh, an equal distribution of that money uh, by implementing the technology that I described earlier by implementing the kinds of fights that we could implement on a localized level. So for example, let's just say, for example, let's take Cleveland, okay? And let's say we have a fight in Cleveland, okay? And let's just say within the Cleveland area, there's 10,000 people who like boxing. They all pay 10 bucks to watch it on a pay-per-view level, okay, in their homes, okay? So 10,000 times 10 bucks, that's $100,000. I guarantee you that's a lot more than putting 100 people in the seats at the local arena, is all I'm saying. So what's changed nowadays is the amount of money that can be generated on a pay-per-view level. So, And that's changed the nature of fighting, quite frankly. Uh, but what it shouldn't do is it shouldn't restrict fighters from making money. And that's what, however, is happening. So we want to level the playing field. That's what our goal is. You know, we want to level the play field uh, on a technology level by giving the guys access to technology that will enable them to become better fighters, uh, both male and female. Okay, It's going to democratize the entire industry. We want to make sure that that data. Will be, Graham will just be right back, everybody. So baby, but that's amazing. I, I like I, everything that he's saying. Yeah, though. yeah. I, I I was gonna ask you that, like the things that Graham is talking about. And here is Graham. He is coming. All back. right. So we want to make sure that data and that analysis gets back into the hands of the uh, the people who matter, the people who can make a change. So you know, and those people, you know, eventually are gonna. I hate to say it, but they're gonna die out. You know, the, the Bob Arams, Don Kings of the world, they're going to die out. So, and I'm saying that in a bad way. I'm just simply saying we, we are preparing for that change. And, uh, you know, guys like you, 
who are sitting uh, on top of a community in Atlanta who can promote boxing as a positive force for change. Those are the kinds of people that I want to embrace and bring into this whole entire Talk and Fight family. To be blunt, I mean, that that's that's about the bottom line. Hey, you know what, Graham? You, you, you answered my question prematurely because I was about to ask you, how do you see us, Sheila and Stafford, and the Stafford boxing movement being integrated with the Talk and Fight platform and growing? Because, yes, we are... Um, non-profit but at the same time we do have a for-profit component of this so we want to make some of that money that's being available in the boxing industry so how do you see us growing and and creating opportunities for economic growth i think i think the easy way to describe your role if you will if you want to put it that way is uh ambassadors you, you guys become the face uh, of Talk and Fight, not only in Georgia, but across the whole southeastern states, right across America, quite frankly. You guys can put what we're talking about into action. You guys can deliver the technology to the local gyms. And I, I don't mean local gyms as in just those gyms in Atlanta. But if you really put your heart and mind to it, you've got an awful lot of credibility now being host of Talk and Fight, you're now being you're being heard around the world. Right now, there are people around the world listening to us and hearing, hey, can I do this too? And the answer is yes. Yes. You don't have to sit there and put on a pair of like, you know, how do you teach a a, a, a soccer guy to be a great soccer guy? You know, just give him a ball and say, here, go play with the ball. No. You've got to teach that young fella. You've got to teach that young gal. You've got to teach them the skills that are necessary. That's that's important. But along with those boxing skills, you've also got to teach them how to speak, how to be comfortable within their shoes, if you will. You know, know themselves, know their opponent in a, in a good way, in a flamboyant way, in a generalistic way. But, yeah, know what you're about, know why you're doing what you're doing. You know, am I doing this just to make money? No. You know, did Deontay Wilder really make all that money um, just so he could buy a big house? No. He made all that money so he could support the medical bills needed for his young daughter's, uh, you know, ill health and get her better. You know, so there are many, many different reasons why people get into the sport of boxing. But why we're in it is to support communities around the world. Period. Baby, we ambassadors of Talk and Fight. The brand, we premium. We global now, you feel me? Always. Premium. I like it. Okay. Awesome. It's, hey, it's all, hey, everything's on the, on the record now. It's understood now. Okay. And all I get is get understanding. We're just trying to get some understanding. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, if, 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 we, were, if we were super structured... You know, you guys would be on our board of advisors. You guys would be uh, top of the chain, if you will. So, oh, so it's on the way. It's on the way. Oh, absolutely, the way. absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Without a doubt. I mean, this has been so much fun. I'm really glad that you guys are enjoying what you're doing and bringing all these great people to the interview. Wow, a fox. You don't see a fox in the daytime. Uh, anyway. A fox is. I mean, I'm in the middle of, in the middle of the woods, as you can tell, and uh, 
and our producer just noticed a fox. <laughs> wow, that's cool. Love foxes. Yeah, because you look like a fox, because you is a fox. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I've, I've launched a lot of businesses, and I've done a lot of things with a lot of great people, but I'm having so much fun right now. And it's people like you that make it fun. You know, you guys are talking to an awful lot of people who mean so much to me. And when I when I listen to that Rick Laser interview, by the way, when I was down in Spain and I listened to that, I went, "Wow, bang! You guys nailed it, big time." I mean, you asked the right questions, you hit him with the right feedback. I mean, he was he was like, "Whoa!" Uh, you know, I don't I don't think because when we talked to Rick earlier. We didn't touch on half that stuff. We we stuck the boxes. You got you dug deep, you dug personal, and it was a great interview. And I really appreciate that. Well, Graham, what we would like to do is present a great product. So it's a lot of you know work that goes behind the scenes. It's like a fighter. That's that's the mindset we have. Like a fighter, when a fighter continues to work on his craft, he becomes an expert in it. And so Sheila and I, we work together. That's what that's what we do. Iron sharpen iron. And I'm just happy to have a, an accountability partner. That's what's important. An accountability partner because she would say, okay, did you get ready? Look, we, we gotta get ready tonight. Did you do this? Did you do that? And it's it's really fulfilling, baby. You know what I'm saying? That you pushes me to greatness and I love you for that. I want the world to know that man, you everything to me. Thank you. For real. Hey, I'm going to start crying here. Come on, stop that. Stop that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. I just want the world to know that this is my queen. She is the crown of my glory. She's everything. When you see me, I'm speechless. You, you see her. She is behind the scenes. She speaks life into me. She don't speak death. She don't try to change me. The only thing she try to do is encourage me. My wife, she writes notes, and she put it in the bathroom. So when I go to the bathroom to brush my teeth, I look at the notes. She said, I love you. I'm proud of you. You're a strong man. You know, those small things are very important to me, and it should yeah. be important to any man if you got a wife like mine. Now, I'm just yeah. blessed like that, you know. Hey, man, woo-hoo, woo! <laughs> and, and I think as we grow up, um, you know, young people should respect their elders and, and, and the lessons that those elders can bring to them and not disrespect them. And I think that's what boxing teaches as well, is that level of respect, because how else are you going to learn? And that's what me and Sheila plan to do. We plan right. to take life experiences, our understanding about boxing, the history of boxing, Education. That's what we're going to talk about on the podcast because, woof, what? that is some of the history of boxing. Oh, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. I've been looking that up with the mafia and all that. Oh, you know what, Graham? How do you feel about uh, Clarissa Fields going to UK? Shields. Oh, she is. My bad. My bad. It's <laughs> okay. My bad. Clarissa Shields going to UK and getting the support from that community. Because if I'm not mistaken, baby, didn't you tell me it was about an 80,000 um, stadium? It might be more than that. Like, they doing 80, a woman fight. Like, they, it's all women on this card. They doing 80,000. So just think about it. 80,000 in the stadium. Then you got pay-per-view. And you got all, man, boy. 
And then they have Michaela. I can't wait to see. Um, Man, they uh, got brand. Yeah, yeah. They got brand coming everywhere. How you feel about that, Graham? Why is it that the UK will support women boxing, but the US is kind of, it's a hard time in embracing the change? I, I think once we get into, uh, shall we say, uh, national competitiveness, that, that's when you're going to start to see the change. Um, with gals like uh, Clarissa going over to the UK and beating up on whoever she needs to beat up on, that's fine. But when she starts waving that American flag, I think you're going to start seeing a lot of American boxing fans saying, wow. You know, who, who else is there that we should be looking at other than Clarissa? So, and that's a good question too, by the way. You know, I mean, the UK does a great job of promoting their female boxers all the way from the Olympics, all the way through to the pro ranks. They do a great job of promoting their, 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 their boxers. We, we don't. Here in North America, I'm speaking, both Canada and U.S. I mean, we try our best. Uh, but what we're not doing is marketing properly to the box, the average boxing fan. So, for example, when I was in Spain recently, if you were to take all those people who are into bullfighting and transition them to boxing, you'd have a huge uh, database and a huge demographic, a huge population of people who really, really enjoy the sport because not it's not because it's brutal. But because of the skill that's involved, like you were mentioning earlier, Stafford, it's about the skill that's involved. And yes, we can we can argue there's a lot of skill involved in bullfighting. But all I'm saying is, is there's a huge market in Spain for boxing. It's untapped. Uh, so when Clarissa goes over to the UK, it's for the money, uh, without a doubt. And I'm really happy, super duper happy. I mean, we've been promoting women's boxing since day one. Uh and we, we continually look out and, and seek more and more and more women hosts for our shows who can promote sports uh, and, and women's integration sports. You know, as he, you know, like, look, look at the, the crap that goes on, like women's soccer, women's football. Uh, what would they had women playing in their bikinis at one point? Yeah. Uh, you know, so I'm just saying, like, I, I'm not that guy. I don't like that kind of stuff. What I like Me is the, the purity of sport, of boxing, and, and the women who get involved in it, they beat the heck out of each other just as well as the men beat the heck out of each other. And that's what I like about it. And uh, and I think Clarissa going to the UK is great. And if she wins, even better for Americans because, quite frankly, uh, it'll, it'll give hope to an awful lot of young American female fighters out there who want that same level of support. So let me ask you a question, Graham. Who you got in this fight? <laughs> uh, uh, you know what? I like I like Clarissa a lot, but I don't like the fact that she switched to MMA. Um, and I don't like the fact that uh, she held her own promotion. Um, I can't remember what, who she fought there, but she held her own promotion. And it, she didn't do a good job of it. She should have left it in the hands of professionals. And now she's kind of floating back into the world of, I need a bit of money, so I need to go over to England and make some money. So I kind of, you know, her integrity is not, in my humble opinion, 100%. She's in it for the money. So I'm really hoping that there are more female American fighters coming up behind her in her wake 
who have integrity, who aren't just doing it for the money, but are doing it for the sport, for the love of the sport, for, for all the passion they put into the sport. I'm hoping that is what comes out as, as a picture of the perfect American boxer. I can see that because I didn't even think of it that way. I was thinking she went to do the MMA because there wasn't anybody that would either fight her or she was getting bored. But either way, I see what you're saying. Boxing, right. we just stick with the boxing. Don't switch or retire. So I kind of see passion. passion. And that's what I was going to say, passion. A lot of people don't even have that passion anymore. Some of the boxers. No, they don't. Some of the boxers money. don't even have that passion. They're just doing it like Graham said, for just doing money. it for the money. Like, we we, we got a passion for this. Trust me. To, to It shows in our expression, in our enthusiasm, in our preparation, in our appearance. We are passionate about this. We want the sport of boxing to embrace us in a way that they have never embraced a husband and a wife. That's our little marketing niche, you know, husband and wife, you know. But you know, but you know what? They've been, um, women have been boxing since the early 1920s. So like with France and the UK and London, and a matter of fact, in London, was the first time that they advertised a fight with two women, but I'm gonna talk about that at another time. See what but I'm they saying? Did say a little bit in the U.S. Yeah. too, but it was more so in London and you know all that. So hey, you know. hey, see, see and what I'm they saying? were fighting men. One of the women were actually fighting men. Said that um, in one of the the fights, Jack Johnson. Allegedly, she fought with Jack Johnson. Girl, Can you beautiful. believe just Jack, but you're Jack beautiful, Johnson? Though. You're beautiful, thank you. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, listen, gang. I, I have to get going. Um, you are the dynamic duo. You're, you're my heroes, but I, I have to jump. Okay. I've got some other, got some other fellow waiting for me, and uh, I can have a meeting with him. Thank and, you for joining uh, our show, Grant. We appreciate yes, your time. You. You, you guys keep on talking. Apparently, my producer is telling me. You got, I can, I'm going to bounce out into the green room, apparently, and, and you guys are going to keep talking and end the show for me, all right? Okay. Th thanks very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Whew, that was some great talk. Yeah, that was, I, that I was enjoyed that. Talk. Yeah, so, baby, and I like what he said about Clarissa, so I kind of look at that a little differently, too. But I do want to add on that I do like Savannah, though. I like Savannah because she's very humbled mm. and she doesn't constantly run off at the mouth and i kind of noticed that when her and clarissa was talking mm -hmm. it was like she was kind of having a hard time not saying that anything was wrong with her but it was just like i just don't really want to do this back and forth stuff let's just get into the ring and what happens happens so at the end of the day who are you going with <sighs> I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you, baby. I'm, it's a it's a really toss up. And, like, and I, that's I, what I like, it is with you know me what because mean? Clarissa Shield, she's she's gained some weight, some muscle, and when I saw her practicing training, mm -hmm. it seems like her punching power has gotten much better. But Savannah, I haven't seen or heard anything from her so you know you have to always be careful with the people who are quiet yes yes because the people indeed. who are quiet they'll surprise you 
but the ones that talk, 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 you can kind of go both ways. Yeah. But I have respect for both of them. I'm tossed up. The reason why I would say Clarissa is because she's on a mission. She's on a mission to prove that she is the best female or woman boxer. And I do see that she does put a lot of work into her training. Mm -hmm. I do see that. When it comes to training, she's top notch. With Savannah Marshall, I believe that she, she does have the right people on her team and they're telling her, probably looking at Clarissa Shields, you know, tapes or whatnot. So I have to tell you all, I know on our other podcast, I think it was one of your friends that said, you got to pick, you got to pick. Oh, uh, uh, Tracy. Yeah, Tracy. but I can't really pick. But before we go on, I want to give some shout outs real quick to Rodney Whitehead, Darian Johnson, and to Rashid Williams, who has Tony's Spicy Mama's Hot Sauce. They have been great supporters towards us and try out the hot sauce. I believe it can pretty much go on everything and you can also cook with it too. Yeah, man, this Stafford Boxing is premium. You get what I'm saying? Uh, it's premium. Stafford Boxing, the making of champions. All our uh, parrot glows in the dark. The Stafford Boxing is, is, is a premium brand and we stick with champion. We love champion. Matter of fact, let me tell you about the history of Champion. They are the ones who created the sports bar for women. They took two jock straps that men use, sewed them together, and that's how they came up with the concept of uh, the sports bar for women. And just understanding their history, I love the product. It's a very good product, man. I love it. It's solid. And they was one of the few, no, nah, they were the first uh um, sports apparel team to sponsor Notre Dame football team. If I, if my memory serves me well, don't hold me to that. And also the reversal. They had the reversal. Oh, the reverse uh, jersey. Yeah. That they used for um, football practice, and it kept them warm when they were on the sideline. And I also believe the Army, too. Oh, yeah, the Army. You're right, mm -hmm. you're right. See, what we do, we read a lot. So when we come on the Stafford Boxing Report, we have some very educational information to talk about because we got the facts behind it. But, baby, you know what? I, I, I wanted to uh, kind of like um, Graham had talked about Bob Avery, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I, I know that you, you, you and I both had done some research about Bob Avery, mm -hmm. and we have a tremendous amount of respect for him and what he has done with top rank and in the sport of boxing. But like, as Graham said, you know, Bob Abram would, you know, no disrespect, mm -hmm. but he would, you know, fade out in a way. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? I think in life, everybody have their season. Yeah. Like in the Bible, it talks about summer, winter, spring, and fall, right? And so top rank has been a powerhouse for many years, mm -hmm. but you can only reach a peak and then once you reach that peak, then you start to fade out. So I think it's important for people like Bob Abram, in our humble opinion, to open up the doors for a couple like you and I. So if you be so kind and, and just look into the camera and talk about your personal um, opinion mm -hmm. and what you would like to happen with an opportunity to meet with top rank and Mr. Bob Abram. 
Well, we have invited Mr. Bob Arum on the show. And why? Because we have been seeing on the internet. Allegedly. I was going to say that. Allegedly that you don't like to do business with women. And with the Katie and the Amanda fight, you pass that up. And but but he did sign the female fight yeah, from, from um, uh, Golden Boy from Oscar De La Hoya. Hoya. Yes. However, yes, that's fighting. That's yes. We talk talking about, about the business, business side. There you go. So also, I would we would like to sit down with you and talk about business. We would like to do business with you, but from what I have been reading. And hearing allegedly what I just said, so that's like a double whammy on me because not only am I a woman, but I'm a black woman. And I don't know if you have anybody who's of color. Does he top rank? I don't know on the now, business. I don't know. That's well. Well, here 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 are the top people surrounding Bob Abram. I know it's Todd. Todd yeah. and uh, his daughter, and uh, you have uh, what's his Is name? Is her name Dana? Dana? Deanna? Something like that. No, we don't. We no don't disrespect. Mean, no disrespect. Uh, but Dina. Okay. Dina, that's okay. her name. And then you have uh, Brad Jacobs. Mm -hmm. He's the chief operating officer. So those are the top people at top rank executives. Yes. Well, going from the CEO, so, the executive, and yeah, so so basically, we just want to get an understanding. Because I don't want to believe that you actually feel that way. And the reason why is because we all came from a woman. And not only that, I'm going to say this. I don't want to feel like I'm being excluded because I have, and I'm going to say it, a vagina and breast. If you really want to get technical with it, like I said, women give birth. And by, by the way, everybody, we hold babies for 10 months. Five weeks equal a month. And the breast is what feeds our child and our children. So not only do we take care of the children, but we also take care of the household. If you're married, you take care of the husband, running errands and whatnot. Like Graham said, even with the women that are boxing, they can really box. They're fighting. They're fighting hard. And we would like, I would like to have an opportunity to speak with you because hold on, hold on. I feel that sometimes people miss out on an opportunity because of their wrong way of thinking. So you have a husband and you have a wife that's very passionate. We're good people, as you can see. I'm sure that some of your people already have looked us up. We're not asking for anything out of the world or anything that can't be given. We're asking just for an opportunity to sit down. And have break a conversation. Bread, break bread. Have a conversation Invite us to top rank. Let us look around. Let us meet some of everybody that you have working there. 
an opportunity when it's given, believe me, when I tell you that from that opportunity, we're just going to take off. Can I say this, baby? Yes. Like Graham was saying, he given us a platform for so that people can hear our voice. So with all due respect, respectfully, my wife is co-founder and chief executive officer. I'm co-founder and chief operating officer. I will do whatever I have to do for my wife and myself to have an opportunity to sit before you and your team to talk about the value that we bring to the table. Now, we would like to have a conversation with Todd first if we have to go through the process. For me, boxing is is somewhat like uh, a dog man, if I may say. A dog man is a, a, a person that's involved with the sport of, uh, let me see, how can I word this? Because I don't want these folks coming after me. I grew up fighting dogs. That's what I grew up in, right? So a dog man is someone that looks for certain types of bulldogs, dogs that are game. So the box is where, the, you know, the action goes and the boxing ring is the where the action goes. So as a dog man, you want to condition your dogs and get them as top condition as they possibly can be. As a fighter, you train repeatedly on a certain skill set to become a master at that craft. So for me, my mindset is like being game. So what I'm saying is that I'm game for this. I will keep scratching. I will keep knocking at your door. I will keep coming. I will keep coming to top rank. I will keep reaching out to Bob Abram, to Todd, to Jacob, to Deanna, anybody at top rank until we get an opportunity to sit at the table and talk about an opportunity. The opportunity that we're talking about is exposure, right? So we have a nonprofit, the Stafford Boxing Club. We would like to see the Stafford Boxing logo on the boxing ring in the, in the corners, just like you got Geico. We like to see, see the staff of boxing. That can be a value and kind sponsorship, right? So you can say, well, we see the value that we bring to the staff of boxing, but what do you bring to us at top rank? Well, if you sit down and, you know, across from us, then we can kind of relate that. Now, Bob Abel, you're 90 years old, sir. Muhammad Ali taught you how to be a promoter. You had 20% and you was vice president and secretary of Muhammad Ali Boxing Club. It was Jim Brown who introduced you to Muhammad Ali. So because of that introduction, he changed your life. You, you made, what, $300 million last year, if I'm not mistaken? So you make a lot of money. Then you went through a whole lot of issues, right? Now, we I understand that you are... Well educated, from New York City, and can negotiate. You a litigator <laughs> by trade. You know you work for the United States Department of Justice through the tax division. As a matter of fact, you were uh, sent to recoup the uh, prize earnings with George, no Floyd Patterson. And I'm gonna be honest with you: we are fans, and we are inspired by the legacy of Custom Model, and. From what we was reading, 
he wasn't very fond of you. I don't know if it had to do with that situation with you, you know, recouping them, them funds from that fight. I don't know what it was, but we offer you the opportunity to come and talk about that because Cuss is dear to me and Sheila. Like we read all the books about Cuss. Matter of fact, I'm reading his book for the second time to really get an understanding of the philosophy. But anyway, so Muhammad Ali taught you how to be a promoter, right? So now by Muhammad Ali teaching you how to be a promoter, you brought your stepson in, Todd. You gave him his bachelor's, his master's, and his PhD in boxing. So now he holds a very strong position at top rank. So if you was to go home and be with the Lord, Todd would come in. And he'll run things, right? So Todd has an economic background, okay? So if you would like to do the screening process, let us meet with Todd. Then Todd can come to you and talk to you, say, hey, woo, woo. So by the time we get to the table, you have that paperwork ready because we want to do business. We would like to, at some point, have that same type of exposure. As I say, it's a husband and a wife in the boxing. We want to be able to have that same opportunity. So my question to you, Mr. Bob Avon, would you open that door for us like Jim Brown opened that door for you to meet Muhammad Ali and taught you how to be a boxing promoter? Now, it was a quote because I had listened to a podcast show with Todd. And I have a quote, too, that Bob Arum had said. Yeah. And he said how he viewed top rank. He said, I don't look at our company as an event-based business, I look at us as a media-based business. So with that being said, Graham was talking about how UK do a phenomenal job in terms of promoting their female fighters and mm -hmm. fighters. Like UK has a strong fan base when it yeah. comes to the sport of boxing. They do. Top Rank just secured a mm -hmm. deal with Sky Sports. Yep to introduce U.S. boxing to the U U U.K. audience. So I'm like, man. Now, I, with all due respect, yes, you've done a great job, Todd, in being persistent. You, you was pushing P. You persevered. You know what I'm saying? And I respect you for that. But from what I'm looking at is that it's like, Bob, in, one of, in, in my research, you said that you have channeled your attention to the Hispanic community because the Hispanic community support the sport of boxing more than the black community. And you said on record that you lost money promoting, uh, what's his name? Terrence, Terrence Crawford. Crawford. Yeah, you lost money from him, right? And so we the Stafford Boxing would like to be that vehicle, that avenue, so that the black community, so we have a, uh, I think, a good platform so far mm -hmm. to market our brand into the black community, to give hope to at-risk youth to, at some point in life, to become a world champion. So Which Cuss did. Which Cuss did. That's why we like Cuss and we love Cuss. And we would like to have an opportunity to talk with the Jewish community. We know that you are part of the Jewish community. And we've had a lot of guests yeah. on I, the Stafford Boston see, report uh, that was Jewish. Rick Lazer, he's Jewish. I was actually raised in a Jewish community. Jackie Callan, Jewish. Yeah. Russell Pelt, 
Jewish. Mm -hmm. uh, Damon Feldman, he Jewish. Yeah. So everybody on our show has been has been uh, Jewish. Okay, just one more thing too. Um, and then we are going to get ready to go. So baby, let's give uh, closing remarks and- uh, Oh, we had people thought. that was already talking. I am so sorry. Uh, Adriar Penn at Fantasy Matchup, Ann Wolf versus Lucia Riker. Who wins? I'm so sorry, you all, that I did not see any of this. Sorry about so that. So shout out to you. I'll do better next time. So, Mr. Bob Abram, we extended a, a olive branch, hoping that someone from top rank can get in contact and respond to the email. At least respond to it. Don't just, you know, deny or ignore our emails. So we tried to email you, so you didn't respond. So now we got the platform. And it's on 17 platforms, so we call it out. Yes, Andrea Pennant, it is live. And once again, I do apologize. Uh, join us Monday, and I will every Monday. get you every Monday at 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern, Eastern Standard Time. Yes, sir. And it's live, but you can watch it on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. But if you cannot watch it, you can still watch it at any time, of course, on YouTube. And then on audio, Podbean. Um, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify. and Spotify. So that's just a few of them there. We just want to thank everybody. We want to thank Papa Crawford. Greg. I love you, boy, for yes, real. Yes, we love you, Papa Crawford. We want to thank Eric and everybody on the team. For real. Oh, shout out to Mike and Cedric. That was for my sure. first time joining them, and they definitely welcomed me into the family. Gold nugget. Yes, what is your gold nugget? Hmm. Hope. That's the gold nugget. Stafford Boxing, Stafford and Sheila, we want to bring hope to the black community. We want to bring hope using the sport of boxing as a vehicle to give our youth hope that they can come to us and we will embrace them and we will equip them with knowledge through the sport of boxing to help them to be great men and great women in the boxing ring and outside of the boxing ring as champions. We want to see the kids graduate from high school. We want to be a part and see that growth, that transition, that they were able to come through the Stafford Boxing Club and then go on to be doctors, lawyers. But they used the fundamental tools that we presented to them while they was under our leadership. So we want to give hope. That's what we're about. Hope. Stafford and Sheila is about hope. And that's the gold nugget of today is hope. Every leader should bring about hope to the people who they serve because we are servant leaders. And just real quick, who are we going to have on next week? Oh, yeah, the Grandy Twins. Yeah, we're going to have them little young, them young bulls come through. They're going to bless us with their little time. And we're going to embrace them young cats and we appreciate them for giving us an opportunity to interview them. So next week on uh, staff on the Stafford Boxing Report, we will have the Grandy Twins. And these guys, these young boys been boxing since they was in diapers. And, it's, and you know what, before I say this, I'm so 
honored that we're going to have them young kids on. Yeah, because it's going to be a life lesson that everybody's going to be able to get something and take something. And also, and also from their dad, too, because their dad, their dad is going to yes, be sir. on the show. So, so shout out to all the dads. All the fathers, we appreciate you all. We're gonna we we celebrate you all, and we're gonna celebrate you all definitely on Monday coming up. Um, Baby, I, before we go, we got to get the handshake right. All right, yeah, because we gotta get ready. Yeah, uh, 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 uh. Man, you look good, girl. In that staff. Thank you, and you look good too. Thank you, everybody. We appreciate you all, and looking forward to seeing you all next Monday. Stafford Boxing, the making, making of champions. No cappuccino.